0: X-tree, X-tree, read all about it. Alan P. Nouncer at your service, but round these parts they call me the announcer. Newspaper slinger and storyteller extraordinaire. Welcome to Radio This your first time here? Oh boy, you folks are in for a real treat. Why, there's a tale to tell on every corner of this city, and buddy, I know them all. You maybe want to hear a little of what I got? Superb. I got just the thing. Ah, oh, I tell you, this one's got it all. Murder, intrigue, danger maybe even a bit of romance. Well, don't just stand there, let's go. I call this one, Kath Me Deadly. We begin our adventure in the offices of Detective Kathy Catherson, a private gumshoe with a desk full of solved cases, and a drawer full of broken promises.
1: New Radioberg. The Big Feedback, they call it. A million voices getting too close to the mic, spouting the same old story. Murders, racketeering, interdimensional slug monsters... Every chapter ends up on the desk of the editor who's expected to fix it. Hey, it's your P.A. Connie Pewter here. You got a visitor to see you, Miss Kathy. Thanks, Connie. Send them up. Loopy as it may sound, these were footsteps I'd heard before. The kind you don't forget. The kind of steps you'd hear alongside you as you walk straight through the gates of hell. I knew, just as a man knows the allure of the bottom of a bottle, these were the footsteps of-
2: Hello again, Kathy.
1: Hot lips o' teen.
2: Did you miss me?
1: A face like yours is hard to miss. Standing in the doorway was my old squeeze, Hot Lips Oteen, looking radiant as ever. This was a Warp 10 dame trying to pretend he was going quarter impulse, but the way he looked at me right now was something else. He was in trouble. And Buster, I knew that when Hot Lips Oteen and Trouble get together, the only dance they do is the murder mambo. Spill, Hot Lips, these beans ain't gonna cook unless you open the can.
2: Well, ain't that a fine welcome. What's the matter, Kath? Still sore? Our time together meant a lot to me. You and I both know it was time for me to split.
1: Our time together meant a lot to me, too. Those three months taught me to see things from a new perspective. You know what a perspective is, don't you? It's a point of view, and I make a point of viewing myself far away from you.
2: Ah, you're breaking my heart, Kathy. Do you mind if I smoke?
1: I do mind. There's enough bad air in this room already.
2: Just as well. I didn't come here to socialize. I got a problem, and you know that me bringing it to you makes it a doozy.
1: I took one look at Hot Lips Green, pouty lips, and had to remind myself just why things had ended between us. He was a liar, as bad as they come, with one head but two faces. He was bad news, so when the bad news came calling with some bad news, buddy, you just know that the news is going to be bad.
2: Big Mo's gone missing. I know what you're going to say, Big Mo's a big boy, he can take care of himself, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't think something fishy was going on.
1: Big Mo's a big boy, he can take care of himself. Mo, Big Mo, The best. Biggest loan shark this side of the East Coast. A case I ran last year got me in deep with his boys. Deep with the pack of trouble currently stood on the opposite side of this desk. I fail to see how this becomes my problem, Hot Lips.
2: You want cash? Name your price.
1: You think I do this for the green? The most dangerous thing a person can have in this city is a full wallet.
2: I can't offer you any more than that. I'm just asking you to help out a friend.
1: Big Mo was really always more of an acquaintance.
2: I wasn't talking about Big Mo. Give it some thought, Kath. When you change your mind, give me a call. But be careful. Big Mo has friends in a lot of places, so who knows what kinds of rabbit holes you could find yourself falling into.
1: Unless Mo's friends are named Bugs or Thumper, I got no time to worry about rabbit holes.
2: I'll see you around, Kathy. Oh, and Kath, it was good to see you again.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't let the door hit you in the bulkhead on the way out. So Big Moe's up to his ears in it again, eh? I don't know what it was making me consider taking this on, but Mo was good to me back then. We're at least no worse than any of the other palookas in this godforsaken city. Maybe it's a sense of community, I'm just too nice. Maybe I'm just too damn curious to let sleeping dogs lie. Maybe I felt compelled to do it, like I'm following a script. Whatever it was, I knew my best bet was to head over to Casa Loeb, Big Moe's mansion down on the east side.
0: Extra, extra! read all about it. Detective Kathy goes solo to the home of Oteen's beau, the down-low Big Mo, Casa Loeb.
1: Casa Loeb, Big Moe's love letter to affluence. Either an aspiration or an eyesore, depending on who you speak to. Me? It was a reminder of just how far this city can make you sink. If people knew the kind of messed up stuff that went on behind those antique doors, they'd catch the first train straight to the beta quadrant. All the money in the world, and you can't grease a couple of doors? That's Big Mo for you. All the cash and none of the care. It looked like there had been a hell of a bust up in here. Someone had really done a number on Mo. This place was never the Ritz, but right now it looked more like the sh. That full portrait Big Mo kept over his fireplace had fallen down. An old Kathy here manages to take her feet on a one-way trip to smashed Glassville. Never did care for this picture. It ain't gonna be a huge loss for the art world. This guy's ego was bigger than his ears, and that's saying something. Oh, now what's this you got hiding here behind the frame? Looks like Big Mo had more secrets than he let on. Invoices? For a gross of self-sealing stem bolts? Last I checked, Big Mo was in the loans game, not the stem bolt racket. I don't think there's gonna be anything more to find here. So, you gonna come out and face me or what? Or am I gonna to have to let a couple of slugs do the talking for me?
3: Detective agency is as good as the folks say, huh? Mr. Drossarelli is gonna need those papers, toots.
1: This had to be Drake Double Dicks Draxon, right-hand stooge Dross D'Rossarelli, aka The Fixer. If this fellow was a starship, the turbo lift wouldn't go all the way to the top decks. He was all rippling muscle and bad intention. I'd have to tread carefully. Well then, sounds like me and the fixer are at something of an impasse.
3: Listen lady, ain't nobody gotta get hurt here. Just hand over the goods and you walk. Nice and easy.
1: He's reaching for something. Could be a gun, could be a letter from his dear old ma. I ain't taking any chances. Chandelier above him. He's fast, but I'm faster. Ah!
3: Yeah, Crikey! Right. trapped here! You gotta help me, you can't just leave me here!
1: First you and I are gonna have a little heart to heart. What's the fixer's part in all this?
3: I don't know, I swears. I was just told to come here to get the deed of this dump. Everyone knows Big mo has gone missing. The boss just wants to lay a claim to the place so he can sell it off.
1: That's all I know. The caged bird always sings, huh, Double Dicks? He didn't say anything about the stem bolts. Was it a cover? There was a reason Big Mo was hiding these invoices, and I intended to find out, but this big lug didn't have the answers I needed. Thanks for the info, kid. Tell your boss I said hi.
3: Wait, you ain't just gonna leave me here, are ya? Caffey? Caffey, you son of a bitch!
1: I wish I could say that was the first time I trapped some mug underneath an ornate chandelier, but it probably ain't gonna be the last. These invoices burning a hole in my pocket had a tale to tell, and I feel like the fixer has a bigger role in it than Double Dicks was letting on. Hmm, starting to rain. Seems like every time I start busting a case wide open, the rain clouds get busted open just the same. At least it's atmospheric.
0: The plot thickens, eh, friends? Was Drake Doubledick's Jackson telling the whole truth? Stick with me and you'll find out soon enough. The next morning, Kathy heads into her office to find a special surprise waiting for her.
1: Something smells mighty fishy here. Fishier than an all-you-can-eat fish buffet at a seafront fishery. The key scraped on the lock, sign of forced entry, a lockpick. The carpet in front of the door is flattened the opposite way to usual, a sign of someone putting more weight on their left leg, probably kneeling to pick the lock. And here on the floor, sandwich crumbs. What we have here is a left handed, heavy set lockpicker with a taste for the finer glutens in life. Sergeant Charlie Street Danger. It's been a while. You could have just knocked.
4: I swivel in the desk chair and face you, kicking my feet upon the desk. Had to see if you still had the skills, Kathy. What gave me away? Was it my manly scent? The aura of machismo?
1: Sandwich crumbs, actually. Why are you here, Street Danger? I told you before, I've got no intentions of rejoining the force. Not after what happened.
4: I'm not here for that, Catherson. I know that your troubled and tortured past, of which any detail would be unnecessary due to us both being aware of the facts, prevents you from once again joining me in the Radio Berg Police Force.
1: I liked Street Danger. When this whole city seemed to be tumbling down the black hole, he was the only honest torpedo in a room full of duds. Then why the home invasion, Charlie?
4: Hope you're not squeamish, I say dramatically, as I toss a pair of photographs down on the desk. Do these look familiar?
1: Is that what I think it is?
4: If what you think is that those are the seven ears of one Mo Big Moe besky, then you just hit the nail right on the head, sister. Washed up on the beach just this morning. But that wouldn't be too big of a surprise for you, would it, Kathy?
1: What are you implying, Street Danger? You think I had something to do with this little back alley surgery?
4: I've got witnesses who can place you at Castle Loeb just last night, Catherson. And so soon after your meeting with Hot Lips, you've got the motive, the means, and the moxie.
1: You're walking a fine line, Charlie. I didn't have nothing to do with Big Mo's death. For all I know, the guy had an appointment with a barber who took a little too much off the top.
4: Oh boy, well that's a relief. That's a load off my shoulders, I can tell you. I don't know what I would have done if it turned out to be you. Have you seen those pictures? Oh, brutal. This is the sort of thing they wouldn't be able to put in the papers. I mean, without traumatizing a few kids.
1: So you believe me? That I had nothing to do with this?
4: Ah, sure I do. You've got a really trusting face. I stroke my chin thoughtfully and ask, What's the next step? I'm assuming you're willing to team up with me to find the real culprit, and thereby officially exonerate yourself?
1: You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours, Charlie. I'll help you find out who killed Mo if you give me everything you have on the man they call the Fixer.
4: I'm afraid information on the Fixer is scarce. All we know is his real name is Dross Drossarelli. He's about five foot two, five in heels. He runs a bar downtown called the Radio Booth. His most faithful goon is Drake Draxon, and he went to school about four blocks from here. Mother's name is Martha, and he never knew his father. He's a smart guy, with a finger in every dirty replicated pie in the city but that's all we know. Damn it, that's not enough to go on. He could be anyone. We already looked into a few guys with extra digits, but they're all clean.
1: Street Danger was a hypospanner short of a toolbox, but he was a good cop. A team-up like this could benefit the two of us. He needed my smarts, and an extra gun can always come in handy. You thirsty, Sergeant? Let's say we go for a little drink at the radio booth.
4: Oh, but that's so far away.
0: I know a nice little bistro that's much closer. Boy, oh boy, what a pair they make. I tells you when a flatfoot and a gumshoe team up, the criminals in this city are going to be quaking in their size 10s. They're like Bonnie and Clyde if they wasn't murderous armed robbers. Kathy and the Sarge mosey down to a little dive bar on the west side called the Radio Booth, a place where the atmosphere is stiffer than the booze.
3: Whoops, my bad. Bumped into the record player
1: the radio booth. The fixer's bar and main place of business was immaculately kept by the barkeep, a standoffish fellow who was about as short on personality as he was on patience. He called himself Tapan because that was his name. Hey Mac, we're here to see the fixer.
5: I am not Mac, nor am I the fixer. My name is Tapan. Could you let us know where we can find him? Data privacy and protection laws prevent me from giving out the information of customers, uh, toots. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm going to return to nonchalantly polishing this single glass.
1: We were getting nowhere faster than the first season of a popular sci-fi television show. I was going to have to break out the big guns. Listen, Tapon, was it? You're gonna tell us what we need to know or my friend Street Danger here is going to tell you all about his last vacation. And when you put a nickel in this guy, he doesn't stop.
4: It's true! I had a wonderful trip to Lake Kadrakuku this summer. Allow me to paint you a picture. There I was, a fresh-faced young lad with nothing but the future ahead of me and a satchel filled with firewood. I preferred to bring my own firewood on camping excursions. You see, it's something my old man taught me. Naturally, the satchel was quite heavy, so I was forced to take many rests along the trail. This time of year, the soil is often a pleasant loam, perfect. Please, please this is cruel and unusual.
1: How about that to info, Tapan?
4: Good flower. My favorites are calendulas. I never know if I'm saying that word correctly, but darn it if they aren't the prettiest things.
5: Anyway, the Fixer is in his office up the stairs. Now please allow me to return to my occupation. So clearly my dinner was sold. You
1: can stop now, Charlie. The canary sang.
4: I hadn't gotten to the best part, when I started setting up the tent and found I'd
5: accidentally packed a frying pan. I did not sing.
1: Come on, Sergeant. Thanks for the drink, Dupon.
5: You did not order a drink.
3: the password? Ooh! A logic puzzle. Capital.
4: <clears throat> Excuse me, mysterious voice. Are you allowed to give us any hints? Or is this a one gatekeeper lies and one always tells the truth situation? Or is the password vocal? Or some manner of knock? Kathy, start doing secret
3: knocks. If I let you in, will you shut up? Password found.
1: Good to see you again, Draxon. Hope I didn't hurt you too much. We're here to see your boss.
4: Well well well, if it isn't Dross Drossarelli, aka the fixer. I ain't the fixer. That's him, behind the big desk. I turn by 15 degrees. Well well well, if it isn't Dross Drossarelli, aka the fixer.
1: There he was, the enigmatic fixer. He was smaller than I expected, with glasses thicker than a pair of concrete galoshes. Thick enough to hide the deadness behind his eyes. I can tell he's a guy with a few too many subroutines running at once. Dangerous. This was going to take a lighter touch. Evening, Fixer. Word on the street is that you got some info the two of us are hankering for.
4: I attempt to throw the desk across the room in an intimidating manner, but I'm astounded by the weight of it. Curse these mahogany antiques.
6: Who are you people? Draxon, get over here. Uh,
3: yeah, boss.
6: Now, what did I tell you about letting people into my office without an appointment?
3: Y- you said not to, boss, sir.
6: That's right, I did. Give me your arm, Draxon. Just for a moment. Boss, please, you're me. Hey, hey, that's enough, Drossorelli. The name's the fixer. But sometimes you gotta break things first.
4: Ah, my arm! What in the name of Sinatra's ghost are you doing? You're ravaging that surprisingly handsome man.
1: I said that's enough, Drossarelli. Not a smart move, detective.
6: Every man in this room is packing more heat than a... hot thing. I'm not good with metaphor. How about you tell me why you barged into my place of business? And if I like your answer enough, I won't have my boys fill you with more holes than a cheese grater. A cheese grater?
1: Hey, let's take it easy, okay? We're here for information on these invoices.
6: Stimbolts, huh? I always knew that little excursion would come back to bite me on the bottom, so this is about Big Mo.
4: It's always been not never about not not Big Mo, Buster Brown. Why did you do it, Fixer? Why did you slice him up more than a $5 birthday cake?
6: Moe's dead? I thought the coward had just skipped town. In that case, I have a bigger stake in this than I thought. Detective, I have a new job for you.
1: Questbook's all full right now, pal. I'm here to find out who took down Big Mo, and that's all.
6: Yeah, pal. Big Mo and yours truly were working together in the stem bolt business. If Big Mo got nabbed, I'd guess the bolts had something to do with it. Which I would also guess means the money he got from selling them is in the pocket of some other con man, perhaps even greasier than me. And that's why you're going to get it back for me.
1: Cute story, Drossarelli. But why should we believe you? You're not the most trustworthy man I know.
4: But Kathy, we've only known him for 10 minutes.
1: Long enough. Speak to my
6: accountant. Here's the address. He... finds things out for me. They call him The Weatherman. Now get the heck out of my office.
1: The Weatherman? The name rings a bell, and the bell ain't chiming a cheerful tune. Street danger, of this case is starting to get busted wide open. This had better not be a trap, Drossarelli, or I'll be back to finish the job.
0: What job is she going to finish? Boy, that fixer's a grade-A palooka, right, folks? I tells you he'd be lucky if I didn't plan a couple right in that big ol' mug of his. I'd give him one of these, and one of these. Anyway, <clears throat> Catherson, that dame of detectives, that Columbo of the cosmos, oh, space murder she wrote herself, did what any great sleuth would do when faced with insurmountable odds. She went home for a nap.
1: <clears throat> any messages for me, Connie? Oh, right. It's 3am. She's probably gone home.
2: I have a message you might want to hear, detective. Yeah!
1: Oh! What the hell? You punched me right in the lip! Jesus! Am I bleeding? Is there any blood? Why were you hiding in the dark, you dipshit? I thought it would
2: be a cool entrance. Oh, God! I think you knocked out a
1: filling. Let me take a look. There's nothing wrong with you. Stop being a baby. It had been months since I'd been this close to Hot Team. That same spark was there now. Something was drawing us together. Maybe God, maybe the universe. We were like two polarizing density arrays dancing around the same cathode disruptor panel. Absolute nonsense when said out loud, but under the right circumstances, made just the right amount of sense.
2: I can tell by that glazed look in your eye that you're thinking the same thing I am. Don't fight the urge, Kathy. We both nights wrong, but it feels so right. Kiss me, Kathy. Kiss me and let's forget this whole stinking city for just one night.
0: Oh ho ho, you ain't getting a peek at this scene, folks. Way too raunchy for you kids in the audience. I'm going red just thinking about it. I'm just gonna go ahead and press fast forward to take us to the morning after.
1: teen? Gone already, like a thief in the night. Or in this case, the daytime. Wait, daytime? Snakes and garters! I'm meant to be at the weatherman's pad with street danger.
0: Extry, extry, read all about it. Kathy Catherson cavorts carelessly with Candid Cad. Carrying on her capers, she contacts cool cop Charlie Street Danger to call on Information King, the Weatherman. Oh boy, I need to lie down.
1: Sorry I'm late, Street Danger. Something... came up.
0: Think nothing of it, my
4: good friend. It gave me a wondrous opportunity to test out my new raincoat and hat combination. The outside of this steady establishment was a perfect spot to give it a whirl. How do I look? As you can see, I've opted for this season's hot look. Beige.
1: Looking swell, Charlie. Looking real swell. Judging by the sign on the door saying, The Weatherman's base of operations. No coppers allowed. I'm guessing this is the joint. You armed, Street Danger?
4: You bet your sweet bippy I have arms. General Thaddeus Flexmeyer and Colonel Bicep von Strauss are ready for deployment.
1: Eh, good enough. Kick the door down.
4: Hands where I can see him! Sergeant Charlie street danger is on the case. Woly moly, my freaking door. You could have just knocked nicely a couple of
7: freaking ingrates. This is my freaking home. I live here. Now I gotta buy a new door. Looks like you bust the hinges off the frame. What a pain in the freaking ass. Wait, did you say, Sergeant? You two ain't a couple of no good cops, are you?
1: I'm not. He is.
7: What are you two knuckleheads hard of reading? Sign on the door clearly says no coppers. This is against my Geneva's convention.
4: Enough talk, we're here for the weatherman. So you either kindly point us towards him or be on your way. <laughs> be on
7: my way? Well, uh, I
4: don't mind if I do. I'll just be on my...
7: Whoa, ah, oh, you're ...kind of standing on my foot there, tuts. Really digging the heel right into the bone, to be quite honest with you. Hurts a fair
4: amount.
1: You're not going anywhere until you tell us what we need to know, Weatherman.
4: <gasps> He's the Weatherman! Oh, boy, howdy, I would never have guessed! I was expecting someone taller, less grey and clammy looking. A better dresser for sure, and don't get me started on the haircut! Yeesh! Jeez, pal, you're trying to hurt my feelings or what?
7: Okay, okay, fine. Just lay the screws off for a while, would you? Golbert Tavan, at your service. What can I do for you?
4: You tell me what the weather's gonna be like next Thursday. I've got a fishing trip planned with some friends, and I was wondering what sort of coat I should bring.
1: Maybe let me do the talking, Street Danger. Okay? Big Mo's big ears washed ashore. Starts singing.
4: Big Mo croaked, eh?
7: Guess without those ears, he's more of a little Mo. Huh? Okay, okay. Not a time for comedy. I get you. Can't say I'm too surprised. Word on the street was that Mo was selling off excess stem bolts for a tidy sum. The third parties outside of the fixer's line of sight.
1: Mo was playing fixer? Like a freaking
7: flute. But here's the kicker: those excess bolts all faultier than a starship holodeck. Whoever was trying to self steal with those bad boys were gonna be in for a world
4: of trouble. Interesting. Stem bolts, yes. This case gets more and more confusing by the second.
1: Then it looks like I've hit another wall. We need to find who Mo was selling to. I'm
7: afraid information like that doesn't come as easy as you'd think. Especially for purposes of plot contrivances. And, uh, it'll cost you next time. My services today can be thought of as a demonstration. But next time won't be so cheap. Uh, by the by, next Thursday's gonna be heavy showers, so, uh, pack accordingly. Oh,
0: darn. Big Moe was into some dangerous doo eh? Who could he possibly have been selling faulty product to? Was it Flowerpot Pete, the arboreal gangster? Techno Daniel, the un-PC PC repairman? Fruit Loaf, king of the bakery underworld? Was it me and I just forgot? Alls I know is this mystery is far from cracking, so Kathy and the Sarge had better get back to stomping those streets.
1: Self-sealing stem bolts that don't self-seal. I've seen a lot of evil in this city, but this one takes the cake. It's now more important than ever that we track down Big Mo. As much as it pains me to know, it's up to me to bring him in.
4: Are you okay there, Kathy? I ask, concerned. You've been quiet for a while, but noticeably moving your lips as though you were speaking inwardly. I slyly cover my hand with my mouth to hide my next words from you. What a crazy broad. What kind of person keeps her thoughts inside?
1: Got a lot floating around in this big old head of mine, Charlie. Hey, you feel that? Something seems... Wrong. Street's empty. But why?
4: Probably just a reverse lunch rush. You know, when everyone has already had a lovely snack for the midday hungry times. It's a wonderful time of day, Kath. Get down! (laughs) Charlie! Don't fret, Kathy. You know I never leave the house without my bulletproof ve Oh, right. I never put it on today.
1: Gonna be okay, Charlie. We'll get you some help.
4: You think bullets can stop me? Cough, cough. Why, I eat- Guns for breakfast. And waffles. Ugh.
1: He's dead. I swear to you, Street Danger. I swear I will avenge-
4: Oh, death! The final sleep. What awaits me upon the other side? None can say. Nay, will say. Is this the final curtain for Sergeant Charles Street Danger? Today the world mourns a hero. And now, I die. Ugh.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, yes, he's definitely dead now. I swear to you, Street Danger, I swear I will avenge your death, no matter what it takes.
0: What a tragedy. With her friend's death heavy on her conscience, Kathy rushes to the radio booth to confront the Fixer, after something in her gut tells her that no good crook is to blame.
1: Open this door, Drossarelli. I'll kick it down if I have to. (laughs) The bar had been ransacked. There's more destruction here than Woodstock 2099.
5: Please, I require assistance.
1: My god, the bartender is still alive. Tapan, what happened here? Did the Fixer do this?
5: The Fixer is currently hanging out above us. By which I mean his body is dangling from that support beam.
1: There he was, just like the short fella said. I am 5'11". Deader than a pack of cards. Less life running through him than an early bird special. So if the Fixer didn't do this, then maybe... T'Pon, where is Draxon?
5: You are standing on him.
1: Oh. Ew. Charlie, the Fixer, Double Dicks, the Weatherman's social life. All dead. What connects them? I'll need to head back to the office and formulate some sort of plan. Whoever is behind this, I will catch you. You hear me, world? I'll find you, and I'll stop you.
5: Please stop shouting. I am in a fragile condition, not to mention
0: incredibly close to you. Gee whiz, fellas. Bet you didn't expect the fixer to have croaked, eh? I might start telling folks I was the one who bumped him. Get some street cred flowing. Anyways, Kathy rushed back to her office to find a surprise waiting for her.
1: Connie, messages! There's some feller on the roof of the building. Must be an engineer or electrician or something. That's all I got for you. The roof?
0: And so Kathy ran as fast as her legs could take her. On and on she ran up those stairs to the roof, further than any person had ran before. Quicker than lightning! Okay folks, I'll level with ya. I'm just trying to make this part more interesting. She went up like two flights of stairs. It took her 10 seconds.
1: Stop right there. Turn around slowly. (gasps) No! It can't possibly be. Big Mo? You've got a lot of explaining to do, Buster. (gasps) I already know everything, Big Mo. The whole kit and caboodle. You've been selling faulty stem bolts to construction contractors for the Fixer, so the Fixer could break into starships to start looting them. I found it mighty suspicious when the weatherman claimed you were working behind the Fixer's back. Nobody in this city would be stupid enough. I thought you were playing the Fixer like a half-Latinum fiddle, but the whole mess of you were playing me. Don't do something you'll regret, Big Mo.
2: I should have done that a long time ago.
1: Hot Lips! You killed him!
2: That's right, Kathy. And I'd do it again, I tells ya. But you knew I was involved from the beginning, didn't you, Kath?
1: I always had my suspicions. It's what keeps me alive.
2: That's right, it was all me. I planted those documents in Big Mo's mansion. I sent Double Dicks to find you there so you'd meet the fixer and the weatherman. It was all a perfect jigsaw puzzle where every piece fit together just right, except for one thing.
1: That night we spent together? Yes,
2: Kathy, that one terrible night. I knew from that moment on I wouldn't be able to leave you. I had to tie up all the loose ends. That's why I killed Street Danger, the Fixer, and Draxon. I figured the weatherman has been through enough. Have you seen that guy? Big Moe was the last thread, so he had to go too. Now come with me, Kathy. We can make it out of town and keep the cash.
1: You know I can't do that, Hot Lips. I gotta bring you in. It's my duty.
2: Then you leave me with no choice.
1: Sorry, Hotlips, it's a radio-berg. Uh, <sighs> what
6: the hell?
1: Where are we? What... what happened?
6: Well, what did you think? I'm so confused. I was living a whole other life. Not bad riding, eh? I had dreams and aspirations. I had a favorite flavor of frozen yogurt. Oh God, I did such terrible things.
3: (laughs) My arm is killing me. I'm so sorry, sir. Don't worry, Dross, I'll deal with you later. (laughs) What the
2: hell did you do, Crash?
3: It was my
4: holodeck play, you don't remember? I asked Computer to hire some actors and she said you
5: all jumped at the chance.
1: Ah uh, yeah, hiring actors seemed like a lot of work. So I just wiped everyone's memories. It's no biggie though, right?
5: My memory was not wiped. I was simply going with the flow as they say.
1: So if all that was a holodeck play, me and Hot Lips, I mean Hoteen, we really In a
5: defensive tone,
4: I had written that part before the two of you had gone your separate ways.
1: Why was I
2: named Hot Lips? And why was I only in one scene?
1: At least you got more than two lines.
4: No, oh boy. Divas. Actors are so difficult to work with.
1: There's just one thing I don't understand. Who was narrating the story?
4: I thought that was part of the program.
1: The only people I put in were background characters. We never coded in a narrator. (gasps) Do you guys think the ship is haunted again?
4: Hold
0: me to pun. I'm scared. I'm getting the hell out of here. This is too weird. Who was narrating the story indeed, faithful listeners? Who indeed? Perhaps they'll find out next time. On Tapan's Theater on Subspace. Thank
3: you for listening to Tapan's Theater on Subspace. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever you're listening to this on. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Tapan on Subspace or visit us at TTOS.cool. Today's episode was written by David Spivey, with story by Rich Masters, episode art by David Axe Wizard Booth. Episode edited by Matthew Tusseroni, with music by Vidizen. Announcer was voiced by James O'Fallon. Tapon was voiced by Jeff Rowich. Kathy and the Ship's Computer were voiced by Poppy Jenkins. Crash and Devon were voiced by David Spivey. Drac was voiced by Matthew Tusseroni. Dross was voiced by Paul Turner. And Hoteen was voiced by Rich Masters. Special guest voices this episode include Bar Patron and Random Asshole as voiced by Jason Whitcomb. Full individual social media links are in the
5: description.